Welcome to Peaceful Power Conversations. The intention of these episodes, well, number one (laughs) is for me to get to talk to really incredibly inspiring people. (laughs) Um, And number two, to share those conversations with you. I feel very grateful to have Catherine Bregman of Badass Fertility, which is completely everything that my my business is. So peaceful power, badass fertility, just that really beautiful, not balance, um, but like play between this fierceness and uh, more ease and, and gentle. I just, I love badass fertility. You definitely hit that on the spot. So I'm really grateful to have Catherine here to share more about who she is, what she offers, and um, and I want to get right to it. So I would love uh, for Catherine to take this opportunity to uh, introduce herself. Um, I am inspired. Um, I've known Catherine for, I would put it at over 30 years. I, I didn't actually do the math ahead of time. So that's, <laughs> that's as close as we're going to get. We did community <laughs> theater in like the early part of middle school. Um, I will, I have just the best memories mm-hmm. of Catherine's um, spirit, energy, playfulness, smile. Um, so it it's quite an exper- a powerful experience to be sitting with someone I now admire for, well, their spirit, <laughs> their, their inner light, uh, their smile as well, because I get to do this on Zoom and see Catherine. Um, but also uh, because of what Catherine has created and chosen to do with her uh, uh, heart purpose <laughs> um, and also uh, business career as well. So uh, we will get started. Catherine, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. That was such a nice introduction. I really appreciate everything that you said. And I really value our lifelong friendship. Um, 30 years sounds so long, (laughs) (laughs) but we go way back. So, (laughs) Um, yeah. And I was very honored to come on your podcast today because what you do, I really loved how you said, um, you know, peaceful power and badass fertility have the same sort of play between um, like peacefulness and like an inner fire, you know, and, and having those two things going simultaneously. And for me, um, you know, as someone who works with women who are struggling to become moms, I found from my own personal experience of going through that journey, that that is the balance that is required. Right. I mean, it's a balance that we want to have in life in in so many of the things that we do. And it also applies very, very truly um, to the fertility journey. So what I do is I work with women um, who, as I said, are struggling to conceive. Um, I was inspired to start working in this area by my own fertility journey. Um, I started trying to, it took me myself, we'll probably get into this a little bit more later, but it took me three years um, to conceive my daughter. And uh, through that process, I was, I encountered all kinds of um, obstacles, physical, 
um, mental, you know, every, every type of obstacle that you can really conceive of, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> and it ultimately led me to try IVF, um, had IVF fail uh, two times, and then finally started working on my mindset. And by working on my mindset, I started to approach my fertility journey in a way that was gentle and lit by an inner fire, right? And as I started to work on that, I began to um, find the pieces falling into place. And I became pregnant naturally with my daughter, who I had when I was 40. So from that experience, I became really inspired to help women who are in a similar situation as I am, who know that they are meant to become moms, who feel it like in their gut and they know it, but for whatever reason are encountering obstacles on the way to motherhood. So that's really like my deep passion. Um, when I decided to become a fertility coach, I started figuring out, well, how can I uh, you know, use my previous skills? I have two advanced degrees in social sciences. I've worked in the field of education for 15 years. I've taught at universities. Um, you know, I know a lot about how to help people learn new skill sets, right? That's one of my expertise, but how do I help women become moms? And what I wound up doing was I had this amazing opportunity to actually study directly under Marianne Williamson, who for anyone who doesn't know is, you know, one of the leading spiritual counselors in the world today. Um, so she has really deeply shaped my approach um, to working with women um, on their journey to motherhood. Uh, so you asked a little bit about me. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's my my uh, introduction. So hopefully that kind of covers why I'm so excited to be here today. I love it because a lot of the focus of my recent teachings have really been like it not being the things you do, but who you are that, that where worth and, mm. and worth and worthwhile are found. So when I asked like for you to introduce yourself, I love how you responded to that question because you truly spoke from heart and not recited until like pretty far into it, like right. your professional history and like what you've studied mm -hmm. in the past. So I love, and that even came up organically. So what a beautiful intro. That was fantastic. Um, and uh, there were many points uh, that I would love to learn a, a bit more about and I heard you uh, say the phrase, more or less, um, that you knew in your heart that motherhood, being a mother, um, was um, like, you knew it. You you heard that, you felt that, that that was um, a path and a something you wanted to experience in this life. I would love to start there, unless you think that the fertility journey began earlier than that for you, but I feel like that might be a nice place to start um, when you thought, okay, it's, it, it's time to, you know, to let that part um, flourish. So if you would share a little bit about that, that would be wonderful. Sure. And it's, I love that you picked up on that because one of the things that I always say to the women 
um, who I work with is if you feel it in your heart, right? If the desire to become a mom is within you, it's because it's meant for you. The universe does not mess with us, right? It doesn't give us deeply held desires that we can't realize, right? If we aren't realizing something in our lives, there may be obstacles in our path, but that means we have an opportunity to go through those obstacles and realize our dreams, right? So I really believe that. And I know that, you know, for any woman who is struggling to conceive, who knows that she's meant to be a mom, she knows exactly what I'm talking about, right? And so for me, I I felt that very deeply. Um, you know, I think my whole life I wanted to be a mom, um, but I also waited, you know, a very long time. I wanted to have my career in place. I wanted to have the right partner. I wanted to have the right resources, you know, and I wanted to kind of like manage and control it all, <laughs> like for lack of a better way of saying it, like as much as possible. Um, and so then ironically, you know, when I got to that point of, okay, now it's time to have a baby, um, then there was a struggle. Right. And it was, it was something I hadn't really ever expected. Um, so, so I think that, you know, the key really is like to a lot of the work I do with women is really connecting with that deeply held belief and inner knowing that if you feel it in your heart, you are meant to be a mom and learning how to trust that knowing and, and, um, allow yourself to receive the guidance, the intuitive hits, right? The different um, techniques that we use to navigate the journey towards motherhood. And if yeah. you would, thank you so much. Um, if you would yeah. uh, and are open to bringing yourself back to that place for you, perhaps the place that you're like, the people you're going to work with are currently at, um, yeah. what was that journey for you? If you wouldn't mind sharing some of the obstacles that you faced and then where was yeah. your personal shift? Um, where was that shift for you? So thank you. That's a really good question because I think that, you know, when we're on the fertility journey, one of the things that is the hardest, I know for myself, it was, and I hear it from pretty much everyone I work with is that you feel so alone. Um, because, you know, we're sort of socialized and raised to think that, first of all, it's really easy to get pregnant. So you better be really careful and try hard not to get pregnant, you know, until you are ready to have a baby. Um, and also that, you know, a woman's worth that her value, even if we don't consciously subscribe to this idea, I think that we are socialized on some level to feel that if we cannot procreate, or if we struggle to have a child, there's something wrong with us. So there's a deeply held shame that sort of engulfs the whole fertility journey that really makes people afraid to share it. So for myself, when I was going through it, I didn't have any friends, girlfriends who had experienced this. So pretty much everyone I knew had either gotten pregnant accidentally or gotten pregnant, you know, when they wanted to, or 
were looking for partners to try to have a baby with. So they definitely felt like, well, at least, you know, you have a partner and you can try. So you're one step ahead of me. So there wasn't anybody who I knew personally who had gone through what I was going through. And um, to give a little insight into what I was going through, I, um, my husband and I got married when I was 36, right? And I did feel at that time a little afraid, like, okay, like clock is ticking, you know, we got to go, 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 I'm 36, come on. And, um, you know, we started trying to conceive right away and we got an ovulation kit, um, started using that which basically, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, it tracks your ovulation. So you know when to try to make a baby. And um, the first month we used it, I got pregnant. And I remember I actually thought to myself, why do people struggle to get pregnant? It's so easy. Just buy an ovulation kit. Like I, I literally had that thought, right? And weeks later, um, about six weeks in, I miscarried that pregnancy. And then I didn't conceive again for three long years. And during that time, I had, um, we had the miscarriage and then I started, uh, I was like, okay, well, I have sort of more naturalist approach. So I thought, okay, I want to start working with an acupuncturist because acupuncture has been shown to help with fertility. And it does. I definitely encourage people to explore that avenue. Um, and I started taking some like Chinese herbs, things like that. And I was doing that for several months, still not getting pregnant. Um, eventually my acupuncturist after, you know, about a year had gone by from the first miscarriage to doing acupuncture weekly, taking herbs daily, um, still no pregnancy. So she suggested at that point I was 37. She said, you know, you should see an IVF doctor, um, just to get a workup, right. See what's going on. So I went to the IVF doctor. They did a lot of different types of testing. Um, they found that I had fibroids, um, in my uterus. They wanted to do a minor surgery, which basically was like a, called a DNC and polypectomy. So I was, um, I had the, the surgery done, to basically kind of clear out the uterus. Um, they said that they thought I had endometriosis. Um, they said that I had elevated HSG and low FSH, which are hormone levels that can indicate your, um, you know, your body's readiness, let's say to conceive. Um, and they are helpful markers, but they're also not, um, you know, they're not, end all be alls, right? Plenty of women get pregnant with numbers that don't necessarily reflect what doctors think they reflect. Um, so one of the things I really learned in this whole journey is, you know, data is great, but it's just one tool, right? Um, and then after, you know, we had all of these things going on. I mean, I was up to taking about, I'm not even kidding, like 22-ish vitamins a day. Like I had a vitamin kit that had three um, like times of day, it was like morning, afternoon, evening, and then seven days a week. So I had like 21, you know, holes in it. Each one was full, pretty full, um, morning. And I don't remember now, but they were full. I was taking all these vitamins, um, you know, doing, doing the steps to move towards IVF, still doing acupuncture twice a week. Um, I was trying to regulate my diet in the ways that I was advised, cut back on coffee, 
cut back on alcohol, neither of which I would say I was a very big consumer of either. But I definitely, you know, I like to like have a glass of wine at the end of the day. And I like to have sometimes two cups of coffee, you know, or whatever. And, and you're really, when you're on the fertility journey, they're going to tell you to stop. And one of the hardest things for me was, um, I'm not pregnant. And now you want to take away some of my most comforting, like go-tos, right? So, so now not only do I not get to get pregnant easily, like all of my friends seem to be getting pregnant easily, but I also, you know, can't have more than one drink when I go out. Not that I was such a big drinker anyway at all, but the idea that like I was going to be further denied, you know, quote unquote, was so hard for me because you feel on the, this journey that you're already being so deeply denied and then to have it more compounded onto that can really lead to a sense of deep just resentment frustration anger at my body anger at the world and a sense of shame that I had to do all these things but nobody else seemed to have to do them so I was also told that I had um, something called kinky tubes, which is basically, and that was after a very painful procedure, which I won't go into, but anyone on the fertility journey has had it done, um, where they, they basically like try to, they go, it's an internal exploration where they look to see how your fallopian tubes are. And they said that mine were kinky. So it was difficult for the egg to meet with the sperm because it had to kind of go on like a roller coaster ride to get there instead of just like a straight shot. Um, so they said, and they said that that would actually increase my odds of having an ectopic pregnancy, because if the egg and the sperm were to meet, they might get stuck somewhere along the journey to the uterus and implant in the fallopian tube. So um, my odds of actually becoming pregnant naturally, they put at about 12%. Um, the average person has about a 25% chance of getting pregnant on any given month. So mine was about half that. And then compounded by that, they said, if I did get pregnant in that 12% likelihood, it was like a 50% chance that it would be ectopic. So it was very frustrating. So with all of that, we thought, okay, we need to do IVF. So IVF in Florida is not covered by insurance. So it was all private out of pocket. Um, we spent about $20,000 initially to put down, you know, our, 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 our first round. And what that got us was um, three potential egg retrievals, right? Um, which is the first step. So first you want to produce as many eggs as possible. Then you want to um, go in, retrieve the eggs, match the eggs with sperm, and then put, you know, some healthy embryos back into the body. So we did this round one of, um, the egg retrieval portion, that's the part where you also give yourself shots. So we spent about $4,500 outside of the 20 we'd already put down, um, $4,500 to on medicine, right? Because none of this is covered by insurance. So we had all of these medicines and needles and things delivered to our home. Um, over a course of about a week and a half, two weeks, I would inject my stomach with needles, um, like three to four or five a night, depending on what the what that night's protocol called for. Every other morning, I would go into the IVF clinic to have um, like a vaginal ultrasound to to monitor the um, the the egg growth. So anyway, so I won't go into all the details of the of the IVF. But at the end of the day, what happened was um, 
in the first egg retrieval, we had three embryos that were made, but we decided to get them genetically tested because we were advised to do that. Um, when we had them genetically tested, none of them came back genetically normal. And at my IVF clinic, they will not transfer non-genetically normal embryos. There is research out there now showing that some embryos that appear to be genetically abnormal will actually grow into healthy babies. Um, so there is a whole sort of emotional thing for me around that as well, because still in my mind, I have this unknown of like, what if one of those embryos actually could have been, you know, a child of mine that I didn't have an opportunity to, to a life I didn't have a chance to foster. Um, so that's hard. We, we went through it. So first round, no genetically normal embryos, second round, same outcome no genetically normal embryos. We had the same, I think we had the same number, maybe we had four embryos. It was always about three or four embryos. Um, none of them came back genetically normal. At that point, I was absolutely devastated. Um, and I started feeling that I had to begin doing something beyond the normal sort of path that I was on. And that was when I discovered the role of mindset in fertility. And as I started doing more and more research and I started learning more and more about it, I started realizing that the biggest obstacle that I was facing was actually, I mean, I hate to say it in this way, but in some ways it was myself, right? It was my, um, my thinking around everything. I had reached this point where I had completely surrendered myself and my own self-knowing to my doctors. I, you know, and this happens to so many women on this journey. We just want to have a baby and we surrender our greatest knowing to the experts and say, okay, fix me, right? If I'm not getting pregnant, I'm broken. There's something wrong with me and I need you to fix me, right? And we forget that the true formula for getting quote unquote fixed is actually within ourselves. It's actually within our own what I call the divine feminine, it's within our own inner knowing. And the way we connect with it is through actually settling down into ourselves and opening ourselves up to the universal knowing that can come through us when we get connected in a way that we haven't before. So I started working with a coach actually on my mindset and she started teaching me tools that helped me gain the confidence. It helped me regain my clarity and my ability to make decisions that aligned with me on my journey. And so it's interesting what ended up happening was I had always been Googling, you know, how to, how to get pregnant with endometriosis. Right. Um, and I kept coming back to this thing called WURN and it's W U R N and it's an alternative physical therapy um, where they basically work on an external and internal level to break down the tissues that bind things like my kinky tubes, right? The tissues that bind, they can kind of bind your tubes and bind your uterus in a way that makes it harder to conceive. So, so they work to physically break it down. What IVF does is just kind of goes around it all, right? By implanting an embryo for you. But it's not, um, there's not a lot of rigorous, like scientific research on it. And it's not a cheap procedure. It's cheaper than IVF. <laughs> but, you know, it was still another like cost in this whole journey. And previously, I had felt, well, 
even though I felt drawn to it and I sort of instinctively felt like it was the right thing to do, my logical mind talked me out of it because there was no data. Um, you know, I didn't know anything about it. It just seemed like I should follow, you know, the main course of what everybody does on this journey. But the more that I started working on my mindset, the more I started becoming responsive to the inner kind of nudges that I got. And I got this really strong inner nudge that I needed to do this. And when I brought it up with my IVF doctor, he actually basically laughed in my face and was like, ha, 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 you know, there's no way that's going to work. And will say caveat, I actually love my IVF doctor. I think he's an amazing doctor. I think he's one of the best in my area for sure. And if someone was looking to work with an IVF doctor, I would recommend him. Like I don't have anything against him at all. But what I'm using that as a point to illustrate that the paradigm of Western medicine is not broad enough to encapsulate the actual act of conception, right? So it's a piece of it, but it's not the whole thing. And when we become so deeply ashamed and insecure and lost on this journey, we tend to forget that our doctors are experts in one area, but they don't necessarily know the entire thing. So I remember leaving that appointment and saying to my husband, I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. Right. And that's what mindset did for me. So I'll tell you, I went, I did this among other things. There was a lot of things that helped me do, but I went, I did this. It's a week long um, commitment. It was intensive. Um, I got pregnant the very next cycle with a healthy baby girl. And if I had not worked on my mindset, if I had not really stepped back and regained my own sense of power in this journey, I don't know if I would have ever become pregnant. We were actually, there's, and there's a lot more details to it than that. I mean, I, I really became empowered to change a lot, not only about the way that I thought, but also different patterns in my life um, that were holding me back. So, and for everybody, it's different, right? We all have different patterns. We have different obstacles. We have different things that we need to change. But what working on mindset specifically helped me do was to change my perception of my situation from one that was torturous to one that was filled with possibility. And that's what I work to help women with is how do we flip that feeling of powerlessness into an actual experience of joy? Because working to become a mom can be a joyous experience that fills you up and helps you to grow into the mother you're meant to be. And when you do that, you become the mom you are meant to be and your baby can find you. So that's what I learned on this journey. And it was so transformative for me that I became passionate about serving other women who are going through the same type of thing, um, who also will benefit from having this way of doing it. Thank you so much for sharing so vulnerably. I know that it's going back to that space, um, just hearing frustration, sense of loss, uh, not even knowing how to trust yourself anymore. Like revisiting that is a, a very, um, brave thing to do. So I'm, I'm very grateful for you for going there um, and sharing and really what stood out to me so much about your 
experience and what you offer as a coach is this non one size fits all. Um, I heard you share your particular journey, which will not look like anyone else's journey, but the mindset work that shift from um, I am lost to like, what is next? that I am lost to this mm-hmm. is an adventure or this is a journey that mm-hmm. um, that shift looks different for everyone. Um, but that, but that is the shift. Um, and also hearing just the powerful reclaiming of your sense of self and relearning how to trust yourself when in some ways that got lost in the experience as well. So just um, tapping back into that inner trust and inner wisdom. That is what I heard um, from your story that not the, well, I, I love that I learned something new every day, kinky tubes. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll never forget that. And I've never heard of that before. Um, but uh, that you had your path, but it was led by that moment where you reclaimed um, your power, you're that fire that you, you spoke of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we are, (laughs) we're coming to the end of this awesome, peaceful power conversation. Um, I really feel like we could do this forever. I'm only limited by like the platform I use. That's all. I would just talk forever. Um, once I get some better equipment, um, we'll we'll meet again and we'll talk. We'll also mm-hmm. talk because you have some exciting things happening. Um, so uh, currently, Catherine, Catherine Bregman, Badass Fertility, who you can find um, on Instagram at Catherine, it's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N underscore Badass Fertility. It will all be in the show notes, as will uh, the badassfertility.com link to the website. Um, This website will share a pretty special offer, five insider tips to become a mom. So definitely um, check that out. But I would would also visit um, Catherine on Instagram just to let Catherine know that you heard uh, this podcast and and share anything that you've connected with. Um, But coming up, why I would love to have you back is early 2023, uh, Catherine will be offering a group coaching program. So right now, working individually um, with people who are in this fertility uh, journey and experience, but soon to come, which sounds, I mean, the group platform is something I'm very passionate about as well. Um, Just that sense of community. I did hear you say a part of your story was feeling very alone. And Mm -hmm. so I really feel your group program will be just lots of, lots of, uh, power and, and creating community there that is much needed. So I just wanted to make sure I got all of that information before my time runs out. Um, Catherine, did I miss anything with sharing how to reach you? No, that was perfect. Thank you. (laughs) It'll all be in the notes too, everyone. Perfect. Um, But I just, again, want to say thank you, um, hearing your story, uh, I learned a lot and I know that everyone listening did as well. Um, I am grateful just for the opportunity um, to hold this space and and allow your um, message to be shared with lots of people. Um, so thank you. Thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's an honor to be here and to be 
able to talk with you and share this story with your audience. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Wishing you all peace, power, and presence.